Hey, welcome back to the Brazos Point living room. We are back together again. We've got Michelle Masterson. Hello. Randy Dane. Buenos dias. And myself. We are glad to be back. We are continuing our message series uh, talking about isolation. And this week is on friendships. So as we jump in, guys, my first question for you is, who have you been friends with the longest? Who's your longest running friend? So like active friendship? Yeah. I mean, they don't have to be the closest, but like who would you still like, consider still to be your friend? Still keep in touch with. That yeah. you have been your friend the longest. Still see semi-regularly. Honestly, yeah. mine's Michelle. We've been friends since Aww. the ninth grade. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Miller's World Geography Club. That's right. <laughs> Ashley and I met about the same time, mm-hmm. um, but she wasn't real interested at first, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't fast enough. She wasn't fast enough. <laughs> so I keep hearing. That's true. She couldn't keep up with me. She couldn't keep up. So yeah, Michelle, I mean, ninth grade. This is a good many years ago. Uh-huh. Michelle, please tell me yours is not Randy. <laughs> Mine actually is not Randy. <laughs> That's true. It's not. Mine is my friend Kristen. Uh, we we were in the same school from kindergarten on, but we were in the same class and really became like spend the night at each other's house friends in fourth grade. And we've been friends ever since. I don't talk to her that often, but we text every now and then. And When you go in town, you see her. Yeah, I try to see her when I'm in town. See, I got nobody. I go up to Fort Worth. I just, just Michelle. I just see family. <laughs> I just see family. <laughs> Mine is a, a guy named David, not David King, uh, who we met when I was probably honestly two or three years old. Our parents were best friends. We went to the same preschool deal. And uh, growing up an only child, it was great to have like a best friend that uh, we were just incredibly close. So I had the benefits of a brother in many ways and the benefits of being an only child. So mm, win-win. It was great. So you go in town and you see David? When I'm around, yeah. I mean, we've we've definitely grown apart for sure over the years. but um, Then he doesn't count. Hmm? Well, I'm st- he's still my friend. We still talk. Okay. Randomly, year a few years ago, he actually moved to Lake Jackson. No, oh, I forgot that guy. about yeah. that. Yeah, and is he, he still here? Basketball? No, he ended up moving. Oh. But it was super that was random. A short stint. It really was. Oh, he yeah. wasn't enchanted. But I was like, <laughs> "This Lake Jackson?" He's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Let's be friends again." <laughs> there you go. Wow. But yeah, so uh, the reason we're talking about uh, friends or the longest running your your friends you've been lo- with the longest is just we're going to be talking about how to have good friends and godly friends and friends that impact our life. <clears throat> so I have us reading Mark 2, verses 1 through 5, and I'll just summarize it. It's the story of the paralyzed man who is trying to get to Jesus as he's teaching inside a home, and he's got a group of friends who carry him. They carry his mat, and they can't get to Jesus, so they do what you do. You rip a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as you do. And uh, they lower him down, and it's just a really good picture of some people who really care mm-hmm. for this guy. And so a uh, great story and really leads us to talk about what qualities make a person a great friend. I think going back to that, that story out of Mark, it's it's that the friends really care mm-hmm. and that they're fixed and focused on getting him to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I kind of want to, you know, springboard off of that and talk about friends who really care about you know, you connecting with Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really do think that's a great picture of what it looks like to be a great friend. Who's going to help me 
who's going to push me and help walk alongside me as we pursue Jesus together? Yeah. I think in addition to that, you know, there's qualities, right? Like loyalty is a big one for me. I really value loyalty in friendship. Yeah. I look for somebody who just laughs. That's all I care about. <laughs> Loyal and laughing. Somebody who makes me feel funny. <laughs> Loyal and laughing. That's up. why I keep Michelle around. <laughs> She's a loyal laugher. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, and that's, that's actually probably my favorite story about Jesus, um, you know, outside of his death and resurrection. But um, I just love the whole story because I think you So not learn... the birth narrative, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love Christmas. You oh, don't love man. Christmas? There's so many good ones, y'all. <laughs> You should watch The Chosen. <laughs> no, what I love about this one is I think you learn you learn a lot about so many different groups of people. You learn about um, Jesus, and in this story you find out that he both has the power to forgive sins and to make somebody walk again. You learn about the Pharisees who... Um, are just standing around kind of criticizing the whole situation and unsure about what's happening and uncomfortable with somebody claiming that kind of authority. You learn about these friends who had the faith enough that they ripped apart someone's roof to lower their friend down before Jesus. And then, of course, there's the, the man on the mat who needed Jesus desperately. And so I think I can sometimes see myself in all of those characters, not Jesus. I'm not God and able to heal people. But, um, you know, like I think when, when, when we think about that story, like I want to be the friends that are carrying my friends to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be the friend that even if I don't, necessarily say anything i'm i'm loving them toward jesus or maybe sometimes it is i'd say something and that's carrying them toward jesus whatever that looks like hmm. well i think um the next question uh, i think can help us just move that conversation along even further or dive a little deeper it's kind of just looking at your current life why is your best friend your best friend and i would just qualify that like not spouse you know, we're all married, we consider them our best friend, but the people we, you know, picked for solely to be our friend and our best one. Are you sure I can't go spouse? Unless you have something well, I mean, really good. <laughs> I really do. Um, I really would say, you know, it's about genuinely. Go for it. No, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll take I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Well, I think it's about the, I think it's about unconditional acceptance mm -hmm. yeah. and about being known. And, and, and I mean, obviously we also just deeply enjoy each other, but no one knows me like Ashley knows me. Tim Keller says, uh, to be loved, but not known is superficial to be known, but not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and fully loved is what it is to be loved by God. And that's what our hearts desire. And so ultimately when you're really known, but still loved, uh, there's an acceptance and there's a security in that. Uh, that's just, you know, unmatched. And, mm -hmm. and that's that's ultimately what God's designed marriage to be. And so, I mean, that that is my experience. Nobody mm -hmm. knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. No one's my bigger cheerleader, but also has a greater perspective <laughs> into the, you know, the the worst spots of my heart, right? And and loves me so well unconditionally. And so, and, you know, it's a two-way street. So, 
I would say my spouse. <laughs> but at the same time, like the other best friends in my life, I would apply those exact same reasons. You mm-hmm. know, like I, there are other people that are in the same category of knowing me so well and still loving me so deeply mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of unconditional acceptance. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I did think of Jeff and part of it is he knows all the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, and still accepts and loves me unconditionally. But he's also who I'm just the most comfortable with. Like, I am my silliest when I'm with Jeff, you know? And there's just something comforting in that. But the other thing that's true about Jeff and true about many of my other best friends, because I don't ever say I just have one best friend, is that the things that... Like when it comes to especially the way we connect with God, they're very different. And so the things that he is gifted in, like discipline, daily Bible reading, prayer, um, and things that take discipline and routine, that pushes me to be better in those areas. And then there's other things that I naturally gravitate toward more that pushes him in those areas. So going back to friends who carry you toward Jesus, like... Just the way he relates to God carries me toward Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the reason I have that question there is um, I, I want us to just look at the current circumstances, our current life, our current relationships, and to really think about we have designated people in our lives to have unique influence on us and in our lives. And we've set some people apart, whether it's your spouse or these other people who you're closest to, and really just thinking like, what is it about them that has placed them in that? And and really it's, what are you both doing that, what are you collectively both doing that puts them in that special place? Does that make sense? Like, what are you both valuing that sets that apart? And I think what is a common thread that runs through both of your examples and mine is it's somebody who's pursuing Jesus. And Uh I guess as it was, we're in the series talking about friendships and isolation. It's from the perspective of followers of Jesus and the importance of letting that be the biggest common denominator and the thing that we look for and cherish the most in the people that we, and we'll get a little further into that discussion in a second, but I just think that's interesting for us to think about currently right now. Why are our best friends our best friends? And well, I think a piece of that, too, is commitment, right? Like the mm-hmm. commitment that we have to one another. Um, I think that's a part of the recipe of what makes it special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, what I like about that, too, is, you know, Randy and I both did talk about our spouses, but like those kinds of connections, like I think maybe that's why I say I have best friends plural is because I didn't have a spouse for the vast majority of my adult life. And I still had people who knew me and loved me and accepted me and pushed me toward Jesus. Yeah. Like that's not... Which is you why know, you didn't want us to go spouses Yeah, to begin that's with, not right? exclusive <laughs> yeah. to marriage. Jeff's just yeah. the one who sees all of it, you yeah. know? But I really would have, like, I would have guessed for both of you that genuinely you would say your spouse was your best friend. No, he yeah, is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, I have us reading a few verses out of Proverbs. Proverbs is so full of wisdom, and it talks a lot to our relationships and our friends. So I've just got a few I want to read. Proverbs thirteen twenty: walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs seventeen seventeen: a friend loves at all times, uh, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. In Proverbs eighteen twenty four, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
So there's a lot of there talking about the power of friends in our lives and the importance of having good friends. Uh, and so my question to you guys is, in what ways have your friendships determined the quality and direction of your life? Good and bad. <laughs> well, mine's pretty literal. Um, like Randy said, we've been friends since ninth grade. Um, and like it has definitely been the most influential friendship in my life. Um you know, we just have taken some of the same steps together, but some of those steps um, came at different times. So, for example, we both went to A&M, we both went to seminary in Fort Worth, um, and then, but between that, after graduating, Randy went to Fort Worth to plant a church, I went to New York to be a missionary. When that term was coming to an end, he asked me to come on staff at that church. We worked there for a while. Randy came to Brazos Point. I went to Africa. When that term was coming to an end, he asked me to come on staff at Brazos Point. So I'm very thankful for that influence because, I mean, you know, not to toot his horn too much, but like I literally wouldn't be sitting in this room if it wasn't for Randy. So that's, it's definitely, that friendship has definitely determined the direction of my life. Hmm. I immediately think of, uh, I had friends who were really a part of some of the best decisions of my life and some of the worst. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I clearly, I always think of Andy Stanley. He says, you know, your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. And it really is so true. The friends you keep, you become. And uh, I think it's just interesting to think about in what ways have your friendships determined because I, I mean, some of my biggest decisions in life, even like meeting Emily, I walk through that with other people who I loved and trusted and they helped me discern and uh, (laughs) it was the best decision I ever made. And even thinking back to my time in high school, I was like, man, some of the times I got in most trouble <laughs> with my parents or the school or all these other places, uh, I was had some of my best friends at the time yeah. right there beside That's me. That's who I was with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I think about, just kind of a unique angle on this, is thinking about how my friendships determine the quality and direction of my theology. Mm. And, uh, and it really is true. Like, I've got several friends um, you know, and this is not just things that preachers do. Like this is, these are just things that Christians do that when we get together, man, that's what we're going to talk about is, is our theology and thinking through understanding God and following God together. And, uh, like one friendship in particular, man, I just feel like we've been on a journey for years and years and years together where we just continue to hammer out our understanding and interpretation of the Bible together. And, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, like, there's a huge influence there. In fact, uh, all the time when I, you know, preach, I'll say to him afterwards, I'll say, Hey, you, you saw your influence in that, right? You saw your influence in that because his, that has so much even of an influence on the things that I teach and share with the church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so anyway, I mean, to me, that's one of my favorite things to, to hammer out our understanding of God together. Mm. Well, as we talk about friendships, <clears throat> we, many times we have, plenty of acquaintances of people we meet in life and there's a handful of people that we you know allowed to have that spare that space and that sphere of influence in our life and so as followers of Jesus we want to be shooting for depth right They're like every story you guys told and myself it came from people we had allowed to go deep we, we allowed ourselves to go deep with and to really know us and have influence in our life and so we want to be striving and shooting for depth 
So my question is, how can you purposely move your friendships or even your acquaintances or your surface level friendships towards depth? And then what are the things that mainly keep you from doing that? I think part of the recipe has to be proximity. That's one of the things that's a big part of what Greg focuses on in the message. And and I see this from a couple of different angles. One for me is like... <laughs> Proximity in terms of physical location has mm-hmm. to be a part of it because I'm just terrible at keeping up with people in different places. Uh, so, like, we have That's to. Why I kept moving so, yeah. back to where you live. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> you're going to fall off the face of the earth, Michelle, if you just move to a different place. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you better stay put. Uh, but then I think about. Um, that's not true for Ashley. Like <laughs> Ash, not that's not Ashley's better at that than I am. Like one of her best friends lives five hours away, and she and, and they absolutely have a depth to their friendship where mm-hmm. they're constantly talking about following Jesus together, motherhood together, being wives together. You know all of those deep pieces of life. Um, but she creates proximity through technology. Like they talk on the phone frequently. They text throughout their day. They use Marco Polo and all these little appity app kinds of things. And so anyway, there's just, she creates a ton of proximity. That's not about physical presence, but it's about presence in their life. And I think that's, I think that's a piece of the recipe is if you're going to move towards depth, uh, connection, which is kind of the heart of the series. I think one practical way to, to start to get there is through prayer. Um, I think that, you know, any of your friends who love Jesus, even a lot of your friends who maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus, like if you reach out to them and say, Hey, I am spending some time praying for people in my life. How can I pray for you? Or something like that. Knowing what people need prayer for just automatically helps you to go deeper. And then as you follow up on whatever that thing was, you know, I think that opens the door for conversations about many spiritual things. And, you know, if, if you're, if you're asking somebody how you can pray for them, I think it's, you know, part of the recipe is to be vulnerable and then, and then share with them some prayer needs of your own. Um, I think, I think that's one practical way that can take a relationship there. I think for me too, man, the, the secret sauce on this for me, um, and I've got several friendships that this is true for that. These are like some of my go-to people, um, that, you know, especially these two guys in mind that, um, that they're, they just serve this purpose in my life and I serve this purpose in their life there. I can tell you there was an intentional conversation where we knew each other, but not as well as we do now. And we sat across the table from each other and said, let's go deeper. Like we just took the bull by the horns mm-hmm. and said, let's take this somewhere different. Let's go deeper. Let's be intentional. Let's create some kind of frequency in our, in our connection. Um, but let's also be willing to just bear our souls together. And both of those relationships uh, are extremely important to me. Yeah. You can't ask what you don't shoot for and mm-hmm. strive for and, and talk about. But then also, man, I think about like couple friends, like Ashley and I, we're so fortunate to have couple friends that we do the same thing with that. We're going to sit down as a couple and it is not going to be surface. Like we're going to pull the, the curtains back and talk about the hard stuff of life and following Jesus together. And, uh, and those are just as much of a gift in my life as, as the, the one-on-one guy relationships too. Well, I think what comes to mind for me as we talk about depth and relationships and friendships, uh, is, there really is a depth that can that comes from following Jesus together that you almost can't reach. 
with sheer amount of time with sheer uh shared whatever hobbies or shared likes or dislikes um there's something there's a depth that can really only be reached many times by people who are following jesus together and maybe it's a weird way to say but for me the the friend i shared about right that i knew my entire life i mean i had a key to his house my entire life he had one to my house um i went off to college we had you know he didn't necessarily come with me but in the four or five years several years six years or so before i got married i had found a community of people who our common bond was not that we all lived in the same place it's not that we went to the same school the the biggest common denominator was we were following jesus together over those years and that really forged such a depth to our relationship that when it came time to like being an only child who's going to be my best man in my wedding who's going to stand beside me it was like it was one of them and that i mean it wasn't necessarily awkward but it was just like a very clear picture for me of like man there's such depth that came in these four years that 18 years couldn't reach with just sheer time and he, i love him and he's great but it was just jesus was not our common denominator mm -hmm. when it came to choosing the best man out of the six or seven of them did you just like rock paper scissors tournament or what we had a race a foot race <laughs> oh i could have been your best man your you think so <laughs> who's your fastest running friend <laughs> Uh, well, on that same idea too, I think one of the hangups that many times we fall into as followers of Jesus is we allow people who are not following Jesus to enter into some of those places in our lives where they have tons of influence and effect on who we are and who we become. So my question is, how do you determine who you will allow to be in your inner circle of friends? And, and Randy, I know you have some language you share with your kids about this. Yeah, man, I, I, I feel this one uh, because we do talk about this with our girls all the time, and especially our oldest, who's kind of in that phase of life where friendships are so critical and so key. Uh, we talk about all the time, like as Christ followers, I want them to be friends with so many different kinds of people, yeah. people that are following Jesus and people who are so far from God. I want them to be a light where they go, and, uh, and I want them to be so kind and so loving to all people that everybody sees them as friendly and as a friend, but we will have an inner circle and ultimately mm -hmm. everybody has an inner circle. And so that's where the rubber meets the road. And I say, okay, like have all of these friendships, have all these connections, be kind to all people and genuinely friendly. Um, but when it comes to your inner circle, like these are the people that, that are going to push you towards Christ and faith and good deeds. And these are the people that are going to have such an influence on shaping who you are. And so you can't bring some of these people who are far from God into your innermost circle, you know? Um, and, and you want to stack the deck of your innermost circle with people that are going to have that influence of pushing you towards Jesus and not pulling you away from him. Hmm. I think that really is such a good conversation to have and really for us to think about like who is in our inner circle and what is it that they are how are they shaping us i mean i think that's the common thread through all of this is our friendships will determine the direction and quality of our life so who who has the most influence and i just love this man as a parent this is one of this has been one of the coolest experiences we've had uh, our oldest daughter has had the privilege of, of baptizing several friends yeah and i'm man that's that's a joy and those mm. kids those girls those are some of her innermost circle so she's watching she's watching them come to jesus and then pursue jesus together and uh, man that's <laughs> just fun yeah that is super cool 
I think when I think about inner circle, it kind of boils down again, just to biblical worldview, you know, like you're not going to have friends that you agree with every single, with them on every single thing and issue and topic or whatever. Um, but I think that when it comes to my inner circle, I want people around me who are using the Bible as that filter, using the the Bible and what it says as that lens to how we do arrive at how we see things. Hmm. Well, I know one of the things that Greg says in message is, you know, if you how to find friends, how to find good ones and, and take them deeper. But he also talks about, you know, if you want to find good friends and you have to be a good friend. And so my last question to us is if we need to be the friend that we desire in others, what characteristics do you need to develop or be better at? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think about the kinds of qualities that I want in a best friend. And it's like, well, those are probably the same that I need to exhibit in my life. And so, uh, you know, a, a commitment and a loyalty, um, a, a, a willing to unconditionally accept them. Like I like to be unconditionally accepted. Um, I think those are important ones. And then to laugh at them too, because, you know, everybody needs to be, be feel funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the acceptance thing popped out at me. Um, and then also like something, and I've talked about this before, but something that I am just constantly having to say to myself, and it is something I would look for in a friend is just telling myself constantly, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. And so, um, like I want to be the kind of friend that when somebody walks away from a conversation with me, doesn't think like, man, she just took everything I said and somehow made it about her Mm -hmm. or she just talked about her stuff the whole time and never asked me about mine. And I can be guilty of that, y'all. And so that's something that would annoy me and a friend. So I shouldn't do it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, even stuff as practical as being a good listener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's huge. And the Mm -hmm. Proverbs actually talk a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think it's just a really good question. You know, if we want uh, good friends and, and hear the things we desire in others to kind of turn it around at the end, how can we be better at those things? And where do we need to grow? Well, any last thoughts on friendships? I mean, I just think it's true that friends determine the quality and direction of your life. And uh, I mean, you guys make my life fun. <laughs> <laughs> Since 1995. It's good to know. I'm. I, How know. old were you in 95, Joseph? <laughs> Five. Man. Man. Uh, I, I am sad to know that as soon as I move... <laughs> It's over. I'm dead to you. <laughs> Why are you moving? Where are you going? Stay. Stay with me. Just saying. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to keep everybody in the same spot. I, I realized, too, it's not even about, like, city. I was about to move down the street from Randy, and then as soon as I you didn't get the house. Think about how close a, we could have a, been. There was a clear change. <laughs> you, we could have been brothers. You could have finally had that sibling. It's all about... <laughs> Uh, retroactively be my best man (laughs) (laughs) renew renew your vows i'll officiate and best man and drum oh man and drum Uh, cool but seriously i mean i really do think it's true like i feel like quality and direction is absolutely true and i i mean i just i'm thankful like i feel like we live Mm -hmm. a very rich life and that has so much more to do with our friendships Mm -hmm. um than it has to do with material things you know, as I look back on my life many times and I just think I'm so thankful for this or that or, you know, the things that got me to be, be sitting in this room, 
you know, many times I think about decisions I made or things that broke my way. But I think one of the things that, that when I really think about how God got me here, it's people mm-hmm. he put around me. Well, and you know, I mean, again, seriously, I, I don't take for granted like how much I love and enjoy the people I work with. You mm-hmm. know, there's so mm-hmm. much deep, rich friendship among our team. And, uh, and I hope that for our folks that are working in very different contexts, mm-hmm. uh, that there's meaningful friendships in those spaces where people are pursuing Jesus together. Yeah. And also to take initiative. If you recognize, you know, one of the questions um, that we didn't get to is about how would you rate your current friendships? So just to be honest, and if you feel like I'm not there, I think what Michelle said is pray about it. Like take initiative and just just honest look in the mirror. I need different friends. I need better friends. And, and let me let God lead the way in that. And I Or I need to go more in depth with the friends mm-hmm. I do have. Yeah. Yeah. And to go back to 95, 1995, as Michael W. Smith says, <laughs> friends are friends forever. <laughs> if, if the Lord's the Lord, Lord of, of them. them. You know that one? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's Michael Bolton. If the Lord's <laughs> Michael Lord Bolton. Them, and a friend will not or, say uh, no. Buble. That's Michael Because a lifetime's not too long <laughs> to live <laughs> as friends. <laughs> I want different friends. Are you going to edit that out? <laughs> no, it's <that's> terrible. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week.